0: My name is Patrice, mental health therapist in training, and welcome to the podcast. You're in the right place if you're looking for a little raw honesty from someone who knows just a little something, but is forever humbled by the reality of still trying to figure it all out. Stay a while as I discuss, emphasis on curse, all things concerning navigating renewed and updated faith, healing trauma, and reconciling the randomness of life. Now, I can't guarantee that you're going to laugh, but as for me, I'm gonna give it a little chuckle to get through the tough shit. At the end of the day, we are all trying to get good at life. Let's get to it. So I was the girl wearing long, and I do mean long skirts and sneakers to school. So, whatever image you have in your head of your auntie who never had a boyfriend and was at all the church events, um, whatever pair of chunky sneakers she had in the house, like that's what I looked like. Yes. And New York City winters and the snow and everything. Yes. Because how else were people gonna know that my body was a temple girl? I'm pretty sure I was in like size 12. Um, Jeans skirts at like age 13 and it was like absolutely basically just ill-fitting and this attempt just to hide booty right and the problem was that the waist to booty ratio didn't make no sense now I wasn't like it wasn't like BBL ratio but it still didn't make any sense So, but they couldn't go too big because it would be a dead giveaway, like something's wrong here, right? So anyway, silly games are being played. Needless to say, much of my body image issues were manufactured, manufactured. I didn't even start drinking yet um by a very specific brand of purity culture right because not all the girls in church had these issues like they just some of my friends wore the wore the skirts just to get them to church and then when they went to school like they wore jeans with their Jordans I was not fortunate enough to have that <laughs> exception made that's how serious like my church girlism was I didn't wear my first pair of pants till I was in college. And the story that I tell everybody was, well, no, that's not true. That's not totally true. I didn't own my first pair of pants till I went to college. And it was, I joined the step team in first performance. And I had to go buy a pair of jeans because I didn't have no jeans. I wasn't going to be stepping in no, in no skirt. You know what I mean? Like, and I couldn't wear no leggings. We had to wear like a black shirt and um, dark jeans. I remember it was at a basketball game, halftime, whatever part, whatever it was. And so I had to go to the mall and I went to Charlotte Roos, shout out to it. Now, of course, Charlotte Roos is an inexpensive store for the most part, but this pair of jeans was $15. And I was like, I mean, yes, that's in my budget, but they was $15 because they was boot cut. Nobody told me I didn't know what boot cut meant. That's how much I've never worn jeans. Um boot cut was not very um ideal for what I needed to do with these jeans, which was a step performance. and I would learn that when I put them on. So I, I you know I get in the jeans, they hug my booty nice. like I look good in them or whatever. but like when I like I was like, what, what, what's going on with at the ankle? of the, of the jeans. And it was kind of like, well, you, you got boot cut jeans. And so I, I would soon learn that jeans have different cuts at the bottom. Oh, straight and skinny beat my ass. Like what the fuck is the difference? I know now. Um, I do not wear skinny jeans. I straight, straight me all day. Give me some mom jeans. That's my speed baby. Some, okay. Anyway, we want, we're not gonna do that today. Um, to go from such like sheltering and restriction to run your own life at sixteen, I y'all, I literally exploded. Like not impl- exploded. Like literally. Worse at the time, you know, I had a little boyfriend and uh and space and opportunity and I wasn't that far from home and so he could come visit me and you know you you know what was happening. let's talk about sex let's talk about sex actually before we do i have a funny story the first time i go to a the club that i have a picture of me at this party and i don't think i have a picture by myself because i would share a picture of me at this party but like i don't talk to half the people in the fucking picture you no know it's only like one person one person and i hate that bitch so <laughs> I don't think I'll post it. If I could crop it, I'll post it. The reason what being that I look a mess. I mean, we all look a mess and I like freshman year college photos, but it was just like and now I have to buy like a dress for a party and I, I didn't know how to dress myself in no fucking party at a club at 16. The bitch who previously ain't on no jeans. Like this is before I even had to buy jeans, actually. This was like, you know, I didn't even have no jeans at this point. I didn't have no pants really had leggings. Anywho, so I'm in the club. Now now, you know, I'm very Jamaican at this point. So, you know, we did sneak in, in and you know learn how to do a little Hawaiian. You was watching B cat, you know, catch a look of BT at the dark. You know, I'm not I'm not that. You know, we did figure that out. Okay. So I know what I'm doing at least. Um and I grew up in New York City. Like, come on. But at some point in the party, I, all the stories of people who, like, backslide and Jesus finds them in their sluttery and, and shit comes to my head. I don't even know if I told my friends this, um, that I was with. But I remember the specific story that was told to me of this guy who um, like, you know, leaves the church. This is, I think this is how I remember the story. I anyway, mean, He leaves the church and he, or he's whatever he is. And he goes to the club and he decides, you know, he's at the club dancing or whatever the fuck he's doing. And he's on the dance floor, in the middle of being on the dance floor. He start he catches the Holy ghost and starts speaking in tongues on the fucking dance floor. Outrageous goddamn story. Bless his heart. I don't even know who this is. I, this is just a story that was told to me one time. Like I heard overheard one time. First of all, I like there's no way. <laughs> Could you fucking imagine? Could you fucking imagine you're at the guy, you're at the club trying to get your, you know, nasty song on. And here comes this motherfucker, like catching the spirit next to you. Bussing big tongues. Pause. He would have to go. Like security. Like I don't know what the fuck is happening, but he gotta go. Mm. Okay. I don't know what is following him in here. First, I would. You know what? Let him stay. I'll leave. I don't know what's following him in here, but I'm going home. Let like, this party done. I'm going home. So anyway, um, I'm standing. Here, you know, I'm, I'm getting catching the vibe comes to my head but what what actually comes to my head is the story of um Samson and Delilah right the and the part where Samson has lost all his strength he's tied up to this shit in whatever fucking party they're having after he's betrayed by Delilah or whatever um and she cuts off his she cut his hair off and shit And whatever it is, I don't know why it was Samson and Delilah, but all I remember, all I'm thinking about is the Lord Jesus Christ is going to send the walls of the fucking club crashing down on us in the club because I'm in here. Literally, that's what I'm thinking. And I start to like panic. No wonder that I was later diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. Because of religious trauma. So anyway, this is what I'm thinking for a while. And then, I, you know, I get in my groove. At this point, I don't drink yet. So, like, you know, I'm not there. Um, like, I don't drink at all yet in college until sophomore year. Um, and eventually, I'm like, well, ain't no cracks in the walls, my nigga. Like, you good. And I finally, like, that rolls the fuck off of me. But, bitch, I'm in the club thinking that Jesus Christ is going to send the walls of the club crashing down on our fucking heads and kill us. That is goddamn extreme. Okay, now let's talk about sex. Sex, for me, was not at all this. First of all, I didn't know about soul ties. I didn't hear about soul ties until I was well into adulthood. I don't subscribe to that shit let me get that out the way here's why because sex for me even though i had a boyfriend um and i lost my virginity at well i was no longer a virgin at 16. it was not this highly emotional experience right and even after we were having it very often oftenly, um, and goodly. (laughs) I was not, I ain't feel that. Like I didn't feel like, oh my God, like (sighs) I just, if I never have sex with him ever again, I'm going to die. Like it just wasn't, I didn't feel, you know, everybody says like, you can't, you're not emotionally ready for sex. And now there are a lot of people who will not be right there's this th- there is this responsibility that comes along with sex um including emotionally cuz i want to be responsible to the fact that i do therapeutic interventions with children right <laughs> but and also especially children who have experienced abuse but that's not the same right um so anyway, I expect though that this will come, and I think I I was having sex with this expectation that like okay something is gonna like hold me to this nigga based on sex, and it never came. So the first time was very like uneventful, but it was like all right this is how it works that's cool. And then you know we kept having more sex, and I was like okay this shit this shit nice like. There was a lot of times where I did feel feel extremely guilty, not guilty because it was like, I should like, okay. I felt extremely guilty because I kept hearing people say things about sex, but I didn't have like this intense guilt about having sex. Cause I was like, well, that shit felt real good. Like it was the, it was this fear. It wasn't guilt, it was fear. It was like, damn, like, did that time get me pregnant? did that time get me pregnant did that time get me pregnant um yeah it was the indoctrination around like you know every every month going to take communion and knowing I was just fucking you know but like the sex itself never really made me feel bad especially because it was good it was it was enjoyable right that that's that's the point I'm making that it was enjoyable and so even when we I mean it was a terrible relationship, right? Let's let's let me let me throw that out there. It was a terrible relationship um for many reasons. I had fun in the relationship. We connected as like friends, as people who liked each other mutually, and there were other things that were terribly wrong that went terribly wrong, especially I think after, you know, he got what he wanted, which was the sex. Um but I wasn't in it to, for that, you know, that wasn't that was just a, an added bonus. Um, and, but when we were breaking up or whatever the case may be, it wasn't like, oh my God, I'll never be able to have sex with him again. And I think I felt duped by all the people who told me that like, I would feel this pull to like wanna have sex with him for the rest of my life. like That's not what it was. I felt a little violated, I'll say that. I felt violated by the fact that I shared myself so intimately with someone. Like I shared my body, like, you know, I shared my like nakedness with someone, not even so much my pussy, but like my nakedness, which is tied to like insecurities, which is tied to like, you know, how I feel about myself. And you know, like that, the intimacy of like the quality, like I'm a quality time person. So the, the, the intimacy of, like, the quality time with me and my, like, rare form or, like, my naked form. But not so much, like, like and that's not to devalue my vagina. It's just, like, sex is sex unless sex comes with this, like, connection. And even though we had, we've had fun with each other, like, there wasn't this, like, connection that came with the sex. Like there was like, you no, know, we wanted to please, but we were, were teenagers. So it wasn't this like high level, the particular sex made me feel like, there were times where it was like, I said, I loved you. But I was like, I saw that on TV. So I feel like I'm supposed to say it. <laughs> I was performing like this role based on what people told me sex had to be within the like confines of marriage cuz i'm like it, we talked about like oh we were going to get married and all that cuz the church told us we had to do that's what i you know that's what he you know he was pre- 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 performing to me i think to trap me in this whole thing and make me feel committed to doing it and that's why i did it right because it was, like we were going to get married anyway um <laughs> and um and it made it feel less sinful for me i guess And then for me, it was like, that was to me. Anyway, it was logical. And for me, it was like, you know, being a, all I knew about being a good girlfriend or whatever was through the lens of like wifely shit. We did, the church didn't talk about dating. At least my church didn't talk about dating or shit like that because, you know, you follow a book that's written by motherfuckers who lived 2,000 fucking years ago. Um... They weren't going on dates. So, and they definitely weren't dating as teenagers. They were married already. Um, yeah. I just felt like, so even afterwards, it was just kind of like, I mean, I'm upset because he played with me, like, mentally. Not because he touched my pussy. That shit was good. That was nice. It was, it was good for what it was. That nigga was a much. Lovely. But, um, what's next? Now, I did take a pause. I didn't like jump into like a bunch of sexual relationships immediately afterwards. I took stock. And I do that in general. Like, I take stock t- typically. I take stock in whatever the case may be. But it was like, well, I feel like these niggas lied to me. Like, these motherfuckers lied to me about what sex was supposed to feel like. What sex was supposed to do? Like, now, again, this is not everybody's situation. But it was like, I was told that that would be everybody's situation. That as a woman, I would feel this emotional attachment to dick. And I did not. I I do not. I still don't. I've had a couple of situations where I was like, damn, the sex do be mad good. You know what I'm saying? Like, so even after we broke up, it was like, I could find some new dick. Or I could just go with Old Faithful. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's what kept me... It kept him in the rotation. It kept him active. Even when he shouldn't have had access, he did because it was like... I know how that's going to feel if I knock on his door. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to hit the spot. And so, you know, I know how that connection is good. Like, yes, it can help maintain... I'm not trying to say that, like, I'm completely detached from the experience of sex. I just... I just feel like basically it was no motherfucking soul tie, baby. Not over here. You needed to get. You needed to bring more than that for that to be my experience. Like you needed to bring more than dick. You needed to be creating a full experience, and the way the church was not ex- requiring men to do anything but pull out penis and hump, you niggas do not have sulti dick. So I do, eventually sex becomes this empowering experience for me, but in like a bell curve, (laughs) right? Like it's a roller coaster of sorts. Like it, it, I feel like I start to conquer the experience and eventually that kind of falls or it plateaus more than it actually declines fully um because there are things that I have to work out including like my emotional unavailability within myself that I inherit from trauma and parental issues and just that you know past relationship hurt and things because now I just I don't know what any of this is supposed to mean and so I just use it as a way to get like physical needs met because now now the, the one thing is that like now i know how to deal with horny in a way that like i don't have to handle myself and so sometimes i have sex with people that i don't even really like but i'm like it has to be done with dick now like i i'm not using toys and shit at this time like i'm not not rubbing one out like it, it has to be dick and it has to be now so let's just come on come on over you know what i mean like i'm i'm just sitting through some shit i don't even like like let's just Let's just get this done and over with um, because I, I've, I've had dick and it has to be dick. And no, I don't want to cuddle after. Um, you don't even like me either. You know, like I there's so many there's another level unlocked of like social, unwritten social things that I have to learn on top of learning social things that I didn't learn before and that's what starts to trip me up about sex and i it's overwhelming to be honest especially learning it on a college campus which is not real life right and uh you know i learned that the motherfuckers are non-committal as fuck lovely cool you know at first i'm trying i'm thinking oh when's the next relationship and i realize no that's not how people have sex in college cool. I adapted that very quickly. However, they still want you to kind of want to cuddle with them, but they want to have the free reign to be able to reject you or make you feel stupid for that. Now, granted, I, I wasn't really, I I adjusted to that very quickly. Trying to navigate the social world of sex is very, very strange to me. But I just eventually decided that I'm developing my own rules. And then when, you know, when we get beyond college now, we go into the the quote-unquote real world, it gets even stranger, right? Because now I'm like, I'm really, I'm going back home after. Um, like, for real, though. And that's when it's like, oh you know, when they wake up and realize you're not in their house anymore and you're like waking up to text messages about, damn, you didn't even tell me goodbye and I thought we were going to and I'm like, I don't even really understand why we're talking about this now. And I'm still, you know, I'm going and praising Jesus and looking at getting cussed out from Saturday night's antics. And I'm like, well, I don't know what's going on here, but I'm going to close this up because I'm supposed to, I got to sing in an hour. I don't, I don't know what that's about. And I'm trying to, you know, I I close the message up, I go sing, and I sit down, and I got to hear a message about how that text makes me a fucking Jezebel. (laughs) I am a whore. (laughs) I'm not a whore not just because I I had premarital relations. I'm a whore because I won't settle down with the man that I just opened my legs for. But the man didn't want me neither. Was that supposed to convince him? It's not just that I had you know, relations with that man. It's the fact that I didn't go in with a heart that was open, um, a heart that was looking to be, you know, basically I wasn't trying to get picked. I went in there trying to get fucked. And that made me a whole other thing. So now I had to wrestle with all of that messaging over and over again in my young, young twenties. And it was like, well, well damn, when I got my heart broken at the beginning of this, like y'all didn't really care about that. But now when I'm out here, you know, I'm I'm preserving myself. It's, that's that doesn't work for you either. I mean yeah, the, the sex is sinful, yeah, but I'm okay this time. And nobody seemed to care about that shit either. But ultimately, I knew that I liked the way that I felt when I wasn't getting my heart broken and my pussy felt good. I still was having, like, you know, the guilt feelings just because the messaging was just kind of, like, coming over and over I had time periods where I tried, like, not to have sex. But I don't know. You know what's crazy? I felt that more when I was in a relationship. But now I'm like, I'm dating niggas who ain't nowhere near the church. I can't convince them niggas not to fuck me, okay? I I can't do it. Also, like, the ass is getting fatter. You know what I'm saying? That's why we're here. Because they locked down a shorty with a degree and a booty. This is the whole, like, ethos of the relationship. I can't do that, okay? This is just, we can't, I'm sorry. (laughs) I can't renege on this part of the contract. I'm praising Jesus and singing in the choir. I'm just getting my cheeks clapped like crazy. Please make some concessions. You've got to understand. And ultimately it was just kind of like, I just the co- I just created this ill cognitive dissonance, and 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 it felt very empowering to see what the length that motherfuckers would go to get a piece of pussy. Like obviously, pussy's in abundance, right? The same way I say dick is in abundance. However, the length that motherfuckers would go to to get my pussy felt amazing. Whereas I know that I could flip through my phone and get any dick. For me, from my vantage point. It was like this is why the motherfuckers tried to keep me away from unlocking this power. With that, uh what GCJ say pussy got power. That pussy got power. Like for once I felt in control of something. Now I had there's nuance to me saying it this way. There's there's nuance to even just the experience cuz not all of my experiences were empowering, right? Like you I like the first couple steps were, but I didn't always navigate the in-between steps very empoweringly cuz I still got taken advantage of every now and again with the details of of this, but just getting in the door. Being able to call some shots. Not having to do too much work, honestly. I've never had to, like, approach nobody. I've never had to do too much to maintain some shit. Like, it, I know it's like, you know, dudes will spend the block off of nothing. But, damn, I don't got to do nothing and you'll come back? Like, that's silly as shit. Just because I have a vagina. That's... Low hanging fruit, and this is not to say I never got my heart broken. I've got my heart broken a number of times. Okay, I got my heart broken a number of times. I get my heart broken more when sex is not involved, and I don't move like that because I because I don't move like that, right? And I try to just get to know somebody. It's like the the playing field is even, and like when sex is not involved, I don't have like that one-up kind of mindset it's not just because it's not sex but like i just i have this mindset of like you know heart and all this stuff in there and every now and again when that that heart breaks i'm just like this is why you did it like that but it's you know maybe it, it it's not the healthiest long term and Yada, yada, yada. But I, I will say that, one, I'm able to remember to put myself first more when I'm in that kind of element and men respect me more when I'm like that. I don't know if I'm like going far off top, but like men respect me more when I'm like that. I don't know what that means for like, the future of like what kind of like relationship I want to have or if that even works for a relationship but I'm just saying these mean bitches are getting wifed when I'm mean to niggas, they do not leave me alone when I was nice when I was when I was jean skirt trees okay when I was 16 years old and dating and when I was when it was about being wifely when it was pick me and niggas was saying whatever the fuck they wanted to me. The church girl shit, the nice church girl shit that they package and sell you. I, I'm a living witness. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give them a little about You gotta give them a little whore. I'm sorry. You gotta give them a little, what is it? Rahab. That's her name, right? Mm-hmm. so the very first time that someone suggested to me that like the church tradition that i grew up in was pot- potentially problematic was um in college with this like quirky church and they were they were a little they were quirky they were like you know dancing around prancing around off beat clapping on the ones and threes and they were really nice people um it was in you know very white part of town like, my school was just it was white as fuck okay it was white as fuck um but there, there was a couple there was a couple of negroes and it was it was a little mixed bag of people and i was like hey 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 I was, I, I think I was out there to like get my hair done. I found a Dominican salon among the, among the white folks. And then I happened to just walk by this church. So I stayed over there because it was like a train that would take me back to my campus. So I was like, cool," and everything was cool. until they started talking about like the type of church that I grew up in. And they were like, they called it legalistic and um, said all kinds of things. And I was like, I was put off by it, but I was like, everything else they said was pretty good. But I don't know, I don't like that. That was kind of. That rubbed me the wrong way. They invited me back and they, someone was going to come and pick me up. And I just remember being so spooked by the experience. And well, mainly because the, the lady, they came on too strong. That's what it was. They came on too strong and, you know, telling me that, you know, legalistic and, you know, they're doing this, they're doing that. And I was like, ah, 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 I don't like it. So I just kind of ghosted the lady when she called me you know, Sunday to pick me up for church. And that was the seed planted, right? And so I started to meet other people and be in, like, online spaces where people were Black and went to seminary. Because also, imagine that, people study the Bible and not just read KJV. But my biggest, like, um, shade piece is, like, um, people who read only the KJV. Because, first of all... if you read only the kjv because it sounds like it is an authoritative version of the bible and you are not aware that there are translations of the bible that precede is that the right word um the kjv i just stop talking to me um english translations of the bible that precede the kjv but also just in general right And I think it's English. I'm not a scholar, so please. Um, A Bible scholar, anyway. And... uh, Because freaking... Especially West Indians, it just sounds authoritative. It's that fucking... um, It's that colonized shit, right? That, you know, it's English. It's the queen. And that's what that fucking shit is. And anyway, but you read the KJV, but you don't understand fucking Shakespeare. That's my shady comment. You can't tell me what the fuck Macbeth said, but... KJV, please. I've always heard that like people go to Bible school and then come back blasphemous because they went to learn some shit. I guess. So I've been in many spaces where people have kind of been like, yeah, you know, that translation doesn't translate the way that you've you've been told it. And I'm like, "Whoa, shit, you know, especially as someone who's been in, many research spaces has done research and shit like that i'm like well i'm i'm inclined to believe you because even just the process of conducting research and reading research even conducting it fuck conducting it just reading it just hearing people going through the process of i thought it was this but i learned it was that just by doing it just by reading it just by reading a fucking book just by asking a question um fast forward to 2023 and I now attend a quote-unquote fruity-ass church. Because I wanted to be... Because just to fast-forward you through my journey of learning and unlearning and just wrestling with being in spaces where, at the very least, people were not authentically being themselves. At the very least, I want to be around people who are authentic, authentically themselves. And I basically have been in so many spaces... Especially in church, where like all of this just leads to people just not being fucking real. Like be so for real. Right? And these made-up versions of who we are, these made-up versions of who you need to be, you should be. Um, I just I just kind of reject it, right? Um, I want to hear from people who do not spend their time hating people. I want to hear from people who spend time talking about God's love. And that's ultimately what undergirds like the transformation of me from because what did all that other shit do for me? The long skirts and all that. It was it was pick me bitch, which that shit didn't work for me, right? um like none of the things that I cared so deeply about made me a better Christian none of those things that I cared so deeply about led me closer to the gates of fucking heaven they they didn't stop me from quote-unquote sinning none of those things made me a better person by any stretch of the fucking imagination it just kept me in other people's goddamn business it sure did that it didn't help me keep my GPA up It didn't keep dick out of me, according to the other things that I felt so strongly about. It didn't stop me from being passed out from fucking Four Locos. Four Locos, the Four Locos era was crazy as fuck. It didn't keep me from being anxious about the fucking walls of the club cracking and crashing on my goddamn head. Fast forward to now, I'm the freest I've ever been like religiously and spiritually because I go to a church where people are freely and openly for the most part, you know what I mean? Because some people still have these struggles, especially in, a, in an LGBTQIA plus affirming space. They have, they still have struggles like with their family, some of them, a lot of them with their families accepting who they are, where they stand and all of that. And I, like my heart consistently goes out to those experiences and what that must mean. But in the the walls of the church, everybody kind of feels the love for each other. And we very much dissect like the tension between interpretations of the Bible that seek to write them out of being able to be held within the arms of the God that they love. In my, you know, freeness to be who I am now, I don't have anything to prove and so I don't. And I, it is my hope that people can evolve and that in through sharing, like, you know, people can evolve into this like very questioning, like asking questions And interacting with people who are just like, I had to go and learn from myself. And so for me, I freed myself with the, with the, the curiosity. Be curious about why do they care so much that my soul is tied to a, to, to dick? Because motherfuckers want to be mediocre. And have bitches be tied to mediocrity because patriarchy. So when I finally found feminism, when I finally started to engage feminism, rather, and let pick me as I'm through the lens of feminism and through the lens of feminist theory is how I engage. Like empathy for masculinity and all that stuff like it through engaging that i was like this is why they want me to fucking believe so when that motherfucker showed up at my door and refused to leave and i decided that it was easier to fuck him than be put in danger or than to fight him or fight him off another time you want me to believe that my soul was tied to that awful ass experience, you're full of shit. We'll talk about abusive situations, but you'll we'll talk about shit like well, now you can't get rid of that energy off your body. Niggas won't eat pussy, but you think I'm sprung off dick. So anyway, through the understandings of structures, I and 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 what the benefit us is, is of people wanting you to feel like you are oppressed by all of your choices for the rest of your life is why they want you to subscribe to such theologies is how i was able to rid myself of them eventually and not be bogged down i still have certain ways i would like to live my life spiritually and otherwise but i am choosing not to live in a constant state of anxiety for the sake of someone else's interpretation that is designed to keep me bound and it is my hope that other people can make that same choice for themselves regardless of whatever spirituality they choose and ascribe to